Hey, good morning. Let's open our Bibles, Genesis chapter 15. Sounds a little bit loud. Hello. Just checking. Genesis chapter 15. We're going backwards. That means we're only going to look at one verse today. We have been talking about Abraham. Last week we looked at Abraham and this test of his faith when he offered up Isaac really to kind of see what his faith was like. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, remember how the Lord your God led you in all the way, all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to, to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. And that's exactly what happened with, uh, with Abraham. But, but Abraham, if you want to say he passed the test, right? He did what God asked him to do. Now, was that easy? No. But it was part of his worship, and worship is not always, uh, you know, easy or free. But he was willing, but we saw there in that that God had a substitute, and that's, that's a beautiful picture, isn't it? God would have a substitute for you and I, and, and it was the ram for Isaac, but you and I, it was Jesus. He took our place. He was the substitute. So in this life, it's not an easy life always, but God will test us sometimes. And the question is, are we willing to put whatever that is on the altar? For Abraham, it was the very best thing he had. Except for his wife, of course. I got to throw that in because my wife will listen to this later. So, you and I, sometimes we have to take what we have. We have to put it on the altar and see what God wants to do with it. Give it back to Him. He gave it to us, anyways, right? Whatever we give to Him, He already gave to us. So, we're only giving back to Him what He gave to us. Now, today, like I said, we're going to go backwards to. Genesis chapter 15, just look at, at verse 1. I've called this the word of the Lord, and that's a, a powerful statement, but I find it right here in this verse. Let's look at chapter 15, verse 1. It says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And God said this, Don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. God speaks directly to Abraham. I call him Abraham because his name was changed later to Abraham. And, and he had some very special words for him, very, you know, direct words for him. And, and I wonder, you know, when, we, when I go through this today, and I think this is truly a message for believers, that you trust, in, you put your faith in Jesus. We sang about it today. I love that song. I put my faith, I built my life on Jesus. And, and God speaks to us. And maybe through some of the scriptures that I will read today, maybe God has, has got a word for you. The word of the Lord came to Abram. Can the word of the Lord come to you? Amen. Absolutely. You know, God's word is powerful. The, the writer of the Hebrews says, The word of God is living and active. And it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. God's word will get right in there. Amen. 
right into the very heart of who you are, of who I am. Only God can do that, by the way. After this, it says, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. I just love this verse. It's such a powerful verse. So it starts off, it says, after this. Well, after what? Well, you have to read the chapters before, right, to know what he's talking about. Context is always important. But I'll summarize it for you. Abraham had a, had a battle, and they were invading kings, and, and they took his nephew Lot captive. They took a lot of stuff. It, it was just a, a bad thing that was going on. And Abraham, he got, it says he got 318 of his trained men, and he went after them. And the odds were not in his favor. 318 sounds like a lot, but you know, we're talking about a whole bunch of kings that gathered together against them. But with a small band, Abram was victorious. You see, the odds are always in God's favor. Always, always in God's favor. And when he was out there, he saw the king of Sodom, which is one of the ones he helped. And he also saw the king of Salem, who we knows his name was Melchizedek. You can read about him in the book of Hebrews as well. But this king of Sodom, he, you know, he was grateful to Abram that he had you know, helped them, and, and he offered him you know, all the spoils. You take all the spoils. We'll take all the people, but you, you take all the spoils. But Abram, he said, no, I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. So after these things, we find now Chapter 15, verse 1. You would think it was a time for rejoicing, right? He, he, he had this incredible battle, and they got everything back. They got all their people. He got his nephew back. It's the time to celebrate. All this good stuff happened. And we'll see what happens. But the, it says here that the word of the Lord came to Abram. Notice he has him by name, specifically by name. And and, and does he know what your name is? We sing that song sometimes. He knows my name. He knows your name. He can speak to you by your name. It's that specific. It's not always just this general, you know, word. And here, in this particular verse, God is speaking directly to this man. It says that, it, that he spoke to him in a vision, and God speaks in many dif uh, different ways, of course, you see that all through the Bible, all the different ways that God speaks, and it's not just limited to one way, but in this particular case, he spoke by a vision. Now, I've never had a vision like that, and, and I think the reason why it says that your young men will see visions, but your old men will dream dreams. <laughs> and that's quoted in Acts chapter 2, but that is a, a quotation from Joel. Right? He says, in the last times, this is what's going to happen. So, so, you know, there is a place for different ways that God would speak, in vision, in dreams, in circumstances. But for you and I, primarily, we need to know what God's Word says. We have this that they didn't have in, in those situations. We, we have this Scripture. This is our guide. This is our measuring rod. But I think God can still give people vision. The Bible is full of it, by the way. Jacob saw vision. Samuel saw vision. Ezekiel, Daniel, Zechariah. 
Paul, Cornelius, Peter, John, they all, they all saw a vision. But I want to say this, that in Ezekiel, it also tells us there will be false visions. So we have to be careful. How do we know if it's true? How do we know if it's right? How do we know if it wasn't just that bad pizza you ate the night before? How do you know? Someone comes along and says, I've got this vision that this is what you were supposed to do. And, and, and sometimes it's like that when someone's coming along and telling you what you should do because they had a vision for you, but God never told you that. Be, be careful. And how do you know? You've you got to know by the Word of God, the Scripture. If you don't know it, you're a, you're a sitting duck. Red flag should come up when someone says something. Well, this is what the vision is, and you know that it doesn't go along with what the Bible teaches. Well, then just throw it out. Get rid of it. So what does God say specifically to this man? And, and I think he, we, can, we can say, well, is, would God say that to me? The first thing he says what is, is in uh, that first phrase, he says what? Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now, he had just been victorious with a with very small uh, army. And now it appears that Abraham, he's like fearful. You say, how do you know that? When God says to Abram, don't be afraid, guess what? He's afraid. He's fearful. And this is the father of the faithful, right? This is Abraham, the great Abraham, the father of all those who believe, and he's afraid? This is the example of a man of faith. We read about it in the New Testament. has got all kinds of places. It talks about Abraham and his, his great, great faith. And yet he was afraid. We saw it when we talked about Elijah, right? After his great victory at Mount Carmel, he, he got fearful, it says, and he ran. He got fearful and he ran. But James tells us that Elijah was a man just like us, that you and I, we face, these, we, we, face, we face these fears. I believe that that we all are fearful. Sometimes we don't want to admit it. How many of you like to tell someone that you're fearful? I'm really afraid. And it's not just before you're going to jump off into the, you know, pond 250 feet below. You ever go onto like a roller coaster and your heart starts beating right before you're getting on there? That's like fear. But we all face fears in lots of different ways. And, I, and I've, I've been kind of trying to pay attention to this in my own life and feeling this. And, and I'm going, that's fear. But, but God says to Abram, don't be afraid. I think we're prone to fear. Some have, some have gone through the, the whole Bible and they've kind of counted verses that, that dealt with fear. And, and, you know, I kind of go along with this to, to some degree, but they, it says they counted these verses, and guess how many they came up with? Anybody know? 365, right. One for every day of the year. Now, it might be a few less or a few more or whatever, but there's a lot, right? And, and what that means is that if you find something repeated over and over and over in the Bible, guess what? It applies. It applies to you and to me. One for every day of the year. Well, I haven't been fearful this year. <laughs> you know. 
I want you to pay attention when you read your Bible. Not if you read your Bible, but when you read your Bible. I want you to pay attention when you see these verses where it says, Do not be afraid. Because it's speaking to you and to me. It's speaking to us. That's the first thing he tells Abram. So I'm going to read some different verses. You can follow along if you like. Uh, I've listed them on the screen for you. I'm just going to read these because it's over and over. And pay attention to what God says when he tells them, don't be afraid. He doesn't just say, oh, don't be afraid, you're just a wimp. Don't be afraid, you, you're, you're, you're an idiot. No, he doesn't say that. He says, don't be afraid, and you'll see why. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, one of the, a beautiful chapter. I love that chapter. Uh, King Jehoshaphat, you know, facing, it says he's facing this vast army. And God said to him through a prophet, he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. This is the word of the Lord to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Why? For the battle is not yours, but God's. Don't be afraid. Why? Because we, we get fearful because we think we have to do it. But he says, no, the battle is not yours, but God's. Later in that chapter, a couple of verses, he says, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. you still got to show up. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. He tells them the same thing again. Go out to face them tomorrow. And what? The Lord will be with you. So just there in that chapter, two times it says, the battle's not yours, but it's God's. The second thing, the Lord will be with you. He says, I'm going to be with you. Do not be afraid. Oh, if we only understood these things in our lives, why would we be fearful if we knew that, that God is going to work it out? God is going to do it. God is going to fight the battle. I don't, I, I just have to trust him. But more than that, he says, I'm with you. Isaiah, I, I don't know why Isaiah, there's so many verses about this in Isaiah. I just picked out a, a, a a handful, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, he says, Do not fear, for I am with you. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear, I'm with you. Chapter 41, he says, I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do you think that's true for you today, too? God says, no, I'm gonna, I would help them, but I'm not going to help you. Isaiah 41, 14, I, I kind of like this one. He says, do not be afraid, O worm, Jacob, O little Israel. But he says, for I myself will help you. If we could only believe and trust and know that he's right there with us. He'll never leave us, never forsake us. But again, we put so much upon ourselves. Chapter 43, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. And you are mine. You are mine. 
That's why we don't have to be afraid, because we belong to Him. We've given our lives over to Him totally, completely. We've, we've put ourselves in His hands. We belong to Him. We were redeemed, like we sang, by the blood of the Lamb. We were bought back. We belong to Him. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. It's interesting, in Genesis 26, the Lord appears to Isaac, the son of Abraham, and he says, I am the God of your father Abraham. He says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. He wasn't just with Abraham, he was with Isaac as well. But Isaiah 35, verse 4 says this, Say to those with fearful hearts, Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear, your God will come. And he will come with vengeance, with divine retribution, he will come to save you. Do you have a fearful heart? God says that to you. Be strong. Do not fear because he's going to come. He'll be there. He'll show up. He's already there. As a matter of fact, he's, he, he was there before you got there. Do not be afraid, Abram. That's a message in itself, isn't it? But he goes on and gives them some more reasons here in these verse, in this verse, in these statements that he makes. The second one he says here, for I am your shield. I am your shield. Now, what do you use a shield for? Protection, right? To protect you and from the attacks. And we, we know the Bible, the New Testament talks about the shield of faith where we, it you know, protects us from the fiery darts of the enemy, the wicked one. But God here, he says to Abram that I am. Your shield. Not I'll give you a shield and you see if you can hold it up or whatever. He says, I am your shield. Is there a better shield than that? I am your shield, he said. The Bible, the Bible is full of these I am statements, by the way. You know, especially the book of John, we studied that. The, there's like seven different I am, or is it eight? I forget now. Uh, I am statements. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door, I am the bread of life, I am the resurrection and the life, all these different things. But the Bible is full of those, not just the Gospel of John. And this is the very first one found in the book. He says, I am your shield. Later in the book of Gen uh, excuse me, Exodus, you know, Moses said, well, he was told to go and do this and, and say this. And he says, but if they ask me who is sending me, who shall I say is sending me? What did he say? Tell them that I am is sending you. You see, the, the name Yahweh is a, a, a form of this statement that I am that I am, the great I am. And, and so he says, don't be afraid. I am your shield, your protection, your protector. I was thinking about it. I was feeling fear, and I'm going like, I, I'm not really thinking that. I'm, I don't really know that, that God is taking care of me, that God is protecting me. I don't, I'm not really aware of that. I'm not cognizant of this fact. Second Samuel says this, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. That phrase again, the word of the Lord. 
And he says, he is a shield for all who take refuge in him. He's a shield for all who take refuge in him. That word refuge is where we run to take protection, to take cover. And we go and we take our, our hearts into him. Psalm 3 says this, but you are a shield around me, O Lord. That's powerful. Do you know that? Do you understand that? Psalm 18, he says it again, He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, the God in whom I take refuge. He is my shield. Psalm 28, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy and I will give thanks to Him in song. Why? Why does he have this joy? Why, why is this happening? Because he's trusting God and he knows that the Lord is his strength and his shield. It affects our whole outlook. Pastor Chuck said this. He said, God would always be to Abram everything that he ever needed for safety or security. And that's true for you and me today. He will always be everything that you and I will ever, ever need. That's why he says, I am. I am. I am the one. Psalm 119, he says this, You are my refuge and my shield, and I have put my hope in your word. The third thing, he says, do not be afraid. I'm with you. I'm going to fight your battles for you. Don't be afraid. I am your shield to protect you. And the third thing, he says, I am your very great reward. You have to think about this a minute, don't you? He says, I am your reward. Now, again, the context is important here. He, 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 he had just had this battle and, and uh, you know, the king of Sodom says, I'll give you all this treasure, I'll give you all the spoil, you take it all. That's your reward for everything you have done. Now, Abraham, he was already pretty wealthy. But the Lord says that he himself would be his reward. I think, I think uh, the New Testament talks about the treasure. It says, where is your treasure? Is it here on earth? Is it the stuff of this life, this world? Is that what your reward is? Is that what your treasure is? Again, Pastor Chuck, he said this, having God is greater riches than all of the combined wealth of the world. If, if the Lord is your reward, it can never be taken from you. The Lord himself is our treasure. The Lord himself is our reward. found this quote by Charles Spurgeon. He says, I do not think that any human mind can ever grasp the fullness of meaning, of the meaning of these words. I am your reward. God himself the reward. And if God be our reward, let us take care that we really enjoy him. Let us exult in him and, and let us not be pining after any other joy. I love that, you know. 
if God is our reward and we have God and he has us, is there anything greater than that? Oh, yeah, it's that new car I got. Oh, it's that, you know, inheritance I just got. Oh, that, that, that new job I got. Yeah, it's, the, it's the, the position that I have now. But, but he's telling Abram, listen, those things, they pale in comparison to the fact that God himself was his reward, that God himself is, your, is, is his treasure. And I think for you and I to understand that and to, to believe that and to walk in that, like Spurgeon said, let us take care that we really enjoy him. Do we really enjoy him? Are we looking for that joy in every other place? The word of the Lord. I guess in some church settings they say that a lot. I'm not sure where, but I've heard it before somewhere. But the word of the Lord is for us. God wants to speak the word of the Lord. I believe it's personal like it was for Abraham. It's practical. We face it in this life, our fears. Maybe even sometimes our loneliness. But he says, I am, I'm, I'm there. I'm there with you in all of it. Do not fear. I am your shield and I am your reward. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you now and we confess to you, Lord, we maybe haven't told anybody else that we're just downright fearful. We're afraid in so many different ways, in so many different times. We're, we're fearful of what's going to happen, of, of what we might need to do. We're afraid of what, what someone might do to hurt us. We're afraid of, of, of how we're going to survive in this world. We're so fearful. We're prone to fear. And yet you tell us over and over and over again, do not fear. Don't be afraid. I'm going to take care of it. I know that that you are saying it today by your word, the word that you've spoken. Don't be afraid. The battle's not yours, but it's his. Don't be afraid. He's with you. He'll get you through it. Don't be afraid. He's, He's your shield. Don't be afraid. He himself is your treasure, your reward. Forever and ever and ever and never be taken away. Find peace in that. Find joy in that. Pray you'd strengthen your people. Help us, Lord. Help each one of us. And I pray too, Lord, for any that, that, that don't have that hope and that help. And they, they've never surrendered their lives to Jesus. I pray, God, you'd show them today. You, you, you love them. You want them to be a part of your family. 
And all that they need to do is, is simply surrender and say yes. Confess that they can't do it on their own. If that's you today, take, take a moment right now to say yes. Yes to Jesus Christ. That he loves you. He gave his life for you, the substitute. He paid, his, he paid the price for your sin and He's giving you eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?